hello, this is uh, Robert Cray from Guider Initiative. I'm delighted today to be uh, able to host a Facebook Live with Delith Parsons. Uh, Delith is going to talk about plant servicing, which we all know is that kind of nitty-gritty. Do we need it? Don't we need it? Yes, we do need it. So one of the subjects yesterday at Google was about how on earth do we look after clients when it's, when it's a cost. Um, so, Dallas, uh, over to you. Could you just start off by introducing yourself? What's, what right do you have to talk to us about client servicing? Uh, what do you do? And then we'll spend the next sort of 20, 25 minutes batting back and forth. So go for it. Sure. Thank you. Um, so I'm Del Parsons. Um, I've had a 20-year career working at agencies big and small with clients um, ranging from people like Nespresso, L'Oreal, Coca-Cola, everybody's got a Coca-Cola, I think, in their portfolio of clients that they've worked with. Um, and also working with um, business owners who have outsourced for the first time. So that's a very, very different relationship to manage than dealing with a big blue chip corporate client who obviously have big marketing teams and big marketing budgets. So I set my business up two and a half years ago to support that client servicing function for digital and creative agencies. Why digital and creative agencies when you could have done so many other stuff? You could have done food and beverage. You could have done all sorts of stuff. I could, but um, I think that's where I knew, um, that's where my heart lies, working with agencies. It's such a dynamic sector. And I love it, um, whereas some of the other sectors that you've mentioned doesn't necessarily float my boat. And also the exposure that you have working in an agency across multiple sectors is just brilliant. Hmm. So I didn't so, want to necessarily pigeonhole myself into okay. one sector. So, so it kind of feels, I mean, I, I originally came from a restaurant background. So restaurant background is really straightforward. It doesn't matter whether people are killing each other in the kitchen. As long as front of house, it's hello, mm -hmm. good afternoon, how are you? Take your seat, would you like a glass of wine? Here's a menu. It's pretty, pretty simple. It's quite simple to keep the client happy. And of course, you're almost in real time, so you can actually see what's going on. So why is, why is client services such a thorny issue for agencies? What's, 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 go, what's going on that it's so much different? I mean, I'm asking the, the dumb question, but it's so much different. Yeah, and I think... Um... You know, you've in the, that position as an account manager or a client services manager where you're kind of everything to everybody. So you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't really as an account manager because you're the face of the client internally to all those teams that are delivering the work for the client. But you're also the face of the agency externally to the client so it's having to balance those multiple relationships that are there and balancing all of those requirements both of the agency and of the client so it's that balancing act that's really difficult and when that's involving people that is really really challenging so isn't that why people just end up saying hey it's you know it's just too confusing and too conflicting and some people are really good text with you know the pointy heads and talking yeah. text and some people are really good people so let's just split it out and we'll just have a client services director who just does the outward facing stuff and we'll have account managers who run the accounts isn't that the the logical conclusion for you i guess so but sometimes that's challenging in smaller agencies where the client servicing function is distributed across the delivery um, function so i deal with some agencies now who 
manage that relationship at the cold face, if you like. So the developers are talking directly to clients, the graphic designers are speaking directly to clients, and that in itself can have some challenges that are different to having um, a, or a dedicated team of client servicing managers. Okay, so, so it sounds like reading between the lines that there's not a one-size-fits-all that says... So this is your, I mean, I'm, I'm just, just picking around, sort of, you're, you're, not, you're not saying, and when you get to 15 people and you've got two hubs of six and six each, that is the time that you bring in your, your client services manager. Is, it, is, how, is, there, is there a formula? Is there a, a, a common thread to how people go through this? I think if you can have some focus on client servicing at the very beginning of, of your agency, that's fundamental. And setting those processes and the expectations with clients as to how you work, what can, they can expect by working with you, how you work with them, what point of contact there is, how they escalate things. As long as you're clear, whether that's being done by a delivery person within the agency or by a dedicated account manager, it depends on the volume of work and the size of your agency as to whether or not you have a dedicated team. But having that focus on managing the relationship proactively is critical, whatever size your agency business. So can you just kind of give us, I don't know, I'll put you on the spot, but can you kind of give us an example mm -hmm. of how your, your intervention, I guess that's the word we use, um, how it actually improve things and sort things out for the agency and for the client? So some of the things that I've come across, both when I was employed within an agency and also with the, the clients that I work with now, are challenges around explaining things to a client. So for example, on a digital integration project, some of that techie talk can be a bit overwhelming for a client who is you know, very focused on marketing, very branded focused. They don't understand the language that those developers talk. And the value right. in the client servicing is being able to translate that into something that the client understands and makes it relevant for that client. So I think that is a huge benefit in terms of being able to manage those relationships and be able to communicate in a way that the client understands. But I mean, so I, I wrote a, many years ago, I wrote a book called Customer is King. So I'm totally, mm. totally customer focused and totally customer centered. And it drives me bonkers when agencies talk about all the problems they're having, but they don't actually think about what it is the, the client wants. And you Absolutely. have you know, developers, developers who want to make the perfect, you know, the perfect product when the client only wants something that's 80% there. We know, we know all this stuff because of, because that's who these people are, and that's how they behave in that form. Yeah. The focus of the role is different, isn't it? So if you're a developer or a graphic designer, your focus is on getting that job done. Your focus isn't necessarily about looking after the client, about growing that account organically, about yeah. how commercial that relationship is. It's about doing the task and, and getting the job done that's in front of you. So... What you're advocating is leave, leaving the techies alone to do their, their techie stuff and, and having outward-facing people who do outward-facing stuff. Or are you saying that we can train the techies to lift their heads up out of their laptops and, and talk to the customer? I think 
it's a bit of both and it comes down to the skill set that those people have if you're interacting with a client you need to have a good understanding of that client's world if you like in the same way as the client needs to be able to be understanding of the challenges and and the structure to which the agency works and that's the key thing isn't it it's about that education and about making sure that they both understand each other's worlds and what the expectations are on each other yeah i mean i have i have this anyone who's seen me live will know i have this thing where i have the juggling balls and i have the finance marketing sales Mm -hmm. customer facing operations and we've done we've done the scores with probably nearly 40,000 companies probably nearly 10 15,000 agencies so if you give yourself a score out of 10 with 10 is a high score zero is a low score for your financial performance marketing performance yeah nearly every time (laughs) nearly every time finance six it's pretty good could be better could be worse Let's mm-hmm. just flip over to operations. Operations, eight. We are awesome. Look at us. There's nothing we can do better. We go to all the conferences. We've read all the books. We are so good at what we do. And then when you come to the marketing, marketing sales, marketing sales, people mm-hmm. piece, it's, it's pants. You know, that's the only word I can use to describe <laughs> it. There's, there's like a, a, lack of, a lack of too much inward facing, too much inward focus. You know, KPIs, which are all about internal measures not about mm-hmm. is the client happy complaints absolutely about, complaints about why do we why do we create 25 page reports when the clients don't even read them? well have you asked the client what the client actually wants maybe the client doesn't want a 25 page report so there's a whole load of uh, assumptions and i think often with agencies people bring those assumptions from the last agency they worked at because it worked there so it must work here and, and I guess my frustration is they're not, they're not designing the agency with the client at heart. They're designing the agency Absolutely. with the technology at heart. So I guess is that endemic? Is that just the, na- is that just the nature of the beast? Yeah, the I think so. And, you know, you just mentioned that, you know, what works in one agency doesn't work in another agency. But even at a more granular level than that, what works for one client doesn't necessarily work for another client. And it's about being able to adapt to the the wants and the needs of that specific client. And absolutely being really focused on what you can do as a business to make that client's life easier. And that's what it comes down to is that, you know, clients will outsource work to agencies because they're specialists and they're experts. It's about making that client's life far easier than than it is without you being there. So those challenges are absolutely common across the board from what I see and where I've worked before. So how do you, how do you get it into the business i kind of i can i can hear the conversation with the managing director of the owner mm-hmm. founder and they're saying oh we're getting more complaints and oh we're we're leaving work on the table because we're not there oh we've we can't find enough people we've got to get we've got to get the utilization rate up we've got to get stuff going and and you know nobody's mentioned the customer again no so, absolutely so so how do you get how do you get the customer back in the room it doesn't happen overnight that's for sure it's not um like there's a magic wand that if you have a meeting with a client it's it's all 
happy. Um, it takes time, it takes effort, and it needs to be built into the culture of how you work as a business. So on an ongoing basis, how you communicate with those clients, how you engage with them regularly, how you add value to those conversations and that relationship that you have. So it's about meeting with them, creating reasons to go and see the client, talking to them about what's going on so that the client doesn't ever feel on the back foot with things. Yeah. There's a there's a lovely book I'm reading at the moment called uh, uh, something like Naked Selling, Go Naked, Go Naked, Naked Selling by Patrick Lencioni. Patrick Lencioni wrote uh, The Five Dysfunctions of the Team, which is another awesome book. Um, and it's, it's one of these fable type books. And the big consulting firm is losing work left, right and centre to the little one. So they buy the little one out and they go in and check out what's going on in the big the little consulting firm that, that makes them more profitable, able to charge higher fees, keep clients for longer, and win business against the big consulting firm. Mm -hmm. And at first, the small consulting firm seems really disorganized, it doesn't prepare for anything. And all, all it does is it just engages with the client. It rocks up and says, tell me about your world. It says, what mm -hmm. are you trying to do? It doesn't pate de gras its solution on them. It just shuts up and listens and figures out what they really want. Mm. And then the work, and the argument is that the work then then comes out of the back of it. Um, and that's not just in terms of the sale piece, but in terms of maintaining, keeping clients, keeping clients on board and, and so on and so forth. Uh, I'm going to ask the really stupid question. It's It's so blindingly obvious that that's what you should do. I mean, everyone has it on their to-do list. Mm. My top 20 customers, visit, have a cup of coffee, invite them to the football, whatever it is, brackets, but we don't do it. So, so, so why don't we do it? I think because we're so busy juggling multiple tasks and multiple projects, we can be too internally focused as you just, talked about you know we're on to the next project very quickly we're on about meeting deadlines but fundamentally it comes down to the discipline and the consistency of how you manage your clients to protect your ongoing relationship so clients will leave agencies even if the work is really good <laughs> if the experience isn't great from a, a servicing point of view so You've got to prioritize those things. You've got to schedule it. You've got to have it in your diary and prioritize it like you would a, a project for a client. It's as important. Even though there's clearly a cost attached to it, does the, does, is there evidence, is there research to say that uh, by reducing your utilization but creating better relationships that you get an increased profitability. Yeah, so we used to go through a process of analyzing our client base and mm. reviewing what the opportunity potential was within our client base. And we used to manage the engagement in line with that. Because sometimes as an agency, you'll have those clients that are low revenue and low opportunity. You don't wanna be spending a huge amount of time traveling to meetings, taking days out of the office to go and see them, but you can absolutely be calling them on a regular basis. You can absolutely be making sure that they get 
any email communication that you're sending out. You can absolutely make sure that they are in your wider audience to know about the things that the agency is doing, things that are happening in their sector. Engagement doesn't necessarily always mean you're having to travel out of the office and go and sit in front of the client for a couple of hours. It's what um, the commercial management of that relationship means to you as an agency. So it's about having the understanding of the, the commercials of that relationship and the visibility so on those commercials. So you've, you've actually got to hardwire it into the DNA of the agency. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because otherwise it's like, I mean, we've all been to agencies and they've got all these initiatives up on the wall. It's like strategy, marketing, yeah. teams, finance. And now you want us to do customer. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, and, and it, does that therefore mean that the winners, the winners are the ones who can juggle the most balls? Is it, is it inevitable that if you ignore client satisfaction, or if you ignore interaction with clients, that you're going to get a high, high customer churn rate? Yeah. So I think it I, is. Absolutely. And, you know, I've worked as a client as well. I've had some time on client side, which um, gave me a real insight into how some agencies work. Because... When I was client services director at an agency, my team always used to go to meetings and the last question they would ask at that meeting was, is there anything else I can help you with? And inevitably, that brings back a brief to the agency mm. to cost on. Mm. Whether you win it or not is a different question, but at least you're asking, at least you're trying to make the client's life easier, at least you're trying to resolve some of those problems that the client has. And it's such a simple thing to do, but people just don't do it frequently enough. And what sort of, what out of interest, so I guess there's, oops, I'm getting all tied up. I guess there's a size where you start having a client services director. Mm -hmm. I guess also there's a size where you, you don't have a client services director, but maybe mm -hmm. you have someone doing, doing 50-50 or yeah. whatever. 30, 70 or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So so are there are there kind of broad numbers where you can say up to 15 staff, not necessary, more than 25 staff, compulsory or whatever? I mean, how, how, yeah. how, how, how do you see the world? I think, you know, once an agency gets up to sort of seven, eight people, it warrants some kind of project management split across perhaps somebody that's got account management and project management skills and as the agency grows from there it becomes more and more necessary to do that because otherwise it falls to the agency owner to do it and the agency owner by the nature of how many hours are in the week become the bottleneck you know and the client servicing then yeah, falters yeah. off the back of that so i think once you do get to you know seven or eight people within your agency it's something you really need to think about but even before then it's about establishing it as an ethos and being very customer focused even if it's even if you're just a freelancer i mean that's the that's the message that's coming through to me that it's it's not something that you can say oh we're 10 people now whoa agencies with 10 people have someone who does mm. client services now we need to do it because that's actually that's actually too late because you've actually created this culture which says it's about us. It's not about the customer. It's about us. It's about our ping pong tables and football t football tables and so on and so forth because that's what being in business is about. Yeah, somebody brings in the work. 
Yeah. But it's actually, and I, I, I obviously, because you do it, um, uh, but I sometimes struggle to, to, to know whether you can change it. I had a conversation earlier on today about um, a, a German agency that's, that is typically German in its approach. Um, which sounds like a dreadful thing to say, but it's all the things you'd expect from a German agency. Very <laughs> pedagogic, very process-driven, mm -hmm. very numbers-oriented. And we're, and we're talking about their system, and their system is all about, it's all about, um, all about knowledge. We have this knowledge, we have these skills, we will apply. We have this knowledge, have these skills, we will apply. Uh, and there's no mention anywhere of attitude. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, it's, to my mind, you know, the, the starting point is mindset and, and, and yeah. our approach to how we stuff. And also it's about what is it the clients want, because it may well be the client doesn't want the most efficient, maybe they want the most effective. And maybe unless we really understand that the client's going away for a month in September or the client's pregnant or or the client's obsessed with the colour pink or whatever it is, unless we understand, unless we have those relationships, mm -hmm. then then it doesn't matter how great your 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 skills are, it doesn't matter how great your no. your knowledge is, because you're you're just missing something totally fundamental. Which uh, brings me beautifully actually to another conversation I had, sorry, about, about really high performing agencies. Uh, which are awesome at the technology and the system of the press, but they but they're really high performers. And this is mapped out on um, a, a league table according to profitability of utilization. Was actually client engagement, mm -hmm. the ones that had 24/7 customer support, the ones that had a help desk, the ones that had an FAQ, the ones that had a, a Wikipedia. They they won the battle every time against the ones who just had a great tech platform. It's like, yeah. isn't that obvious? Yeah. Sorry, I'll calm down now. But it, so, you know, there's some stats that do the rounds, and I think um, there's something like only 18% of agencies have some focus on client retention, which mm. to me is really really scary because. Mm -hmm. It, you know, you're putting your business and your agency at risk at that point yeah. if you have no strategy in terms of, of client retention and client engagement. Um, but is that just because it's easier to measure stuff that goes into the top of the funnel than probably. measure when it drops out? And, yeah. And being able to... Yeah. But, you know, you made the point earlier about measuring satisfaction and how you do that. And mm. usually those KPIs are very internally focused but there's no reason that you can't be measuring the external KPIs as well in terms of how satisfied clients are with you and whether you do that as a formal survey or do it as part of your process of engaging with them in meetings or with phone calls or, you know, I've seen agencies um, send surveys out off the back of a ticketing system. So for maintenance, for example, that they just ping across a message to the client and say, did we resolve it in the timescale that you expected? Has it been resolved mm. to your satisfaction? And things like that are really easy and, and quick to implement. And do you recommend something like net promoter score? Is that sort of the sort of thing yeah. you recommend? Or is there something cuter or clever of you? I've, I work with a couple of agencies that monitor that, but um, you know, it's what works for your agency. 
And as long as you've got some kind of metric and some kind of measurement on it, it's whatever works and whatever's easy for you to manage. As long as there's some visibility on it and you're monitoring it, by the nature of you monitoring it, it has some focus, which has to be a good thing. Okay, okay. So um, if, you, uh, if you were to kind of do your, your, your sort of closing slide, your kind of, and uh, the, the key points and things we need, we mustn't forget, or the golden rules or top five tips or, mm -hmm. you know, what is it you want people to go away from this Facebook Live thinking um, about? What is it you want them to go away and do? So if you think about existing clients, 80% of your future profits are likely to come from 20% of your existing customers, the good old Pareto's kind of law on yep. things. It makes absolute sense for you to do that. How much more of your services can you sell to your existing clients? Again, it's a great opportunity for you to, to grow your business, increase revenue, increase profitability by selling more of your stuff to your existing clients. But unless you understand what those challenges are, what the problems are that those clients have, you won't be able to sell those additional yeah. services into a client. Um, and having a focus and having that external focus on managing those relationships proactively so it becomes a commercial relationship, not just about jumping when the client says jump. It's of benefit to your agency and it will help you grow successfully and profitably. Lovely. Very, very good. Very good. Very good. And it's just so much uh, food for thought, almost more about why people don't do it the way that yeah. what they do and it, and it and it feels like it feels like it's it, it should be obvious but you know we all just get dragged down with deadlines like i do yeah totally get that so yeah how do we get how do we get hold of you if you want to talk to you more if you want to find out more about what you do write read about you where, where do we go yeah so my website is www.thisisplenary.co.uk i'll pop a link in the comments under this video Brilliant. Um, and i'm also also on linkedin so you can find me quite easily on there um so yeah all my contact details will be on those two places on those two platforms brilliant it's been uh, a real pleasure talking to you um you know originally wanted to invite you because on the guide your initiative um Facebook group, you're, you're the voice of common sense that comes through if I if put something up. Oh, she sorted it out already. I don't need, I don't need to answer it. Okay, so uh, just a quick recap for people. If you want to contact me, uh, it's Gaidra Initiative. Gaidra is Grow Your Digital Agency. He steps back and there is that arrow that's been pointing in my head all day. Um, so guidrainitiative.com. Go to the Facebook group if you prefer. We'll leave the details down. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for sharing and giving us a, uh, an insight uh, and, and, and one that's slightly, I think, for people who watch and people who listen, they're going to be going, oh, she was actually talking about me. <laughs> um, and although I put on a brave face, I know she was actually talking about me and I really need to do something about it. So yeah. uh, thanks a lot. Uh, do contact Delith if you if you want to find out more about what she does. Um, and and thank you once again for being on Facebook Live. Bit of a rocky start. We started late yeah. technology, <laughs> but we got there, which is the main thing. Yeah, so we did. So thanks once again, and uh, I'll see you see you online. Okay, take care, Great. everyone. Bye bye.
拜。